May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be free from harm. May all beings love life. May all beings awaken. Welcome to another Cuke Audio Podcast. I'm DC, Puba of Cuke Audio and Cuke Archives, doing our bit to preserve the legacy of Shunyu Suzuki and those whose paths cross his and anything else that comes to mind. I pray that you and yours are safe and comfortable, free from economic hardship, and able to get out and do whatever it is you want within the limitations of the universal precept of do as little harm as possible. So today we have a guest, Jerry Bollock. And um, back when the uh, Zen Center was located at Sokoji Temple on Bush Street in San Francisco, just around the corner, uphill, on Bush, you make a left, at, I think it's Octavia, and on your right was the Buddhist Churches of America, the BCA Temple in San Francisco, and it's a Jodo Shinshu Temple. And... Um, it had a bookstore. Might have been called the Buddhist bookstore. Uh, and it might have been the only Buddhist bookstore in America. I, I don't think it's going anywhere. I, I don't know if I asked Jerry about that. Uh, but, uh, anyway, that's where I met Jerry. And, um, I, um, spent more time with him, uh, when uh, Ananda Claude Dallenberg was um, in a convalescent hospital and declining and died. Uh, and Jerry kept up with Ananda. Uh, Ananda was, um, uh, he actually got to where he identified more with Yodo Shinshu than Zen. He, he was, um, Involved with the Quakers, too. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, another thing is Jerry's a poet. I receive poetry from him every month, and uh, or something like that. And uh, he'll be reading some poetry. You can find his poetry at jerrybolick.blogspot.com. J-E-R-R-Y-B-O-L-I-C-K dot blogspot dot com. It's called Meditations in the Slow Lane. And you'll hear a little bit about Jodo Shinshu. And if you want to know more about Jodo Shinshu, you can just write books on Jodo Shinshu in uh, Google. Or you can write D.T. Suzuki books on Jodo Shinshu because he uh, translated a lot of Shinran and wrote about Jodo Shinshu uh, as well as on Zen. Oh, I just did that and I see uh, the Buddhist bookstore BCA Buddhist books or whatever. It'll come up if you write that. It's online now. Um, and there's tons. 
not just DT Suzuki, there's tons of books on Jodo Shinshu. So, let's give Jerry a call right after our pause to meditate. So when you hear the bell, if you're of such a mind, uh, hit pause and meditate or whatever for as long as you wish. And when you're ready to come back, hit unpause and we'll be there to hit the bell to end the meditation or whatever and give Jerry Bollock a call. Hi, David. Hi. How are you doing, Jerry? I'm doing good. How are you? Okay, okay. Ah, so, where are you now? Where am I? Yeah. I am in uh, Brisbane. Oh, is that right? Huh. Yeah. Huh. And um, so, uh, what, are you, what are you doing these days? Uh um, that's a good question. Sometimes. Aside from writing poetry. <laughs> you know, um, each day has its own, uh, has its own flavor. Uh-huh. Um, but, but, um, I do, uh, I do a little hiking, uh, uh in Brisbane, there's, uh, a state, state park, um, San Bruno mountain. Mm-hmm. Um, couple of hundred uh, acres of uh, of trails, and so I uh, I'm out hiking a couple of times uh, during the week. Uh, we have a large yard. I do a lot of gardening. We've got fruit trees, um, and uh, over the last year or so, I started uh, my one of my sons. <clears throat> suggested that I do some sketching and so I've been um doing some uh kind of uh, n- nature journal kind of sketching and that's turning into watercolors oh. um but uh, uh but but that's you know it's kind of a very um relaxed uh schedule um babysitting well i don't know if the babysitting is appropriate anymore but we uh pick up our grand grandkids at school across the bay once or twice a week mm-hmm. um and uh, um a, a very a very quiet life ah. um, ah. um and with um yeah, very quiet, and I think um, you, you know, like like many other folks, you know, COVID. Uh, uh, although although things were getting kind of quiet before COVID, uh, you know, just uh, COVID had its had its own flavor and <clears throat> and uh, and impact on you know on everyone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so do, do you and I know each other uh, just through uh, Claude Ananda Dallenberg? Did, did we meet any other way that you remember? Um, well, we, you know, I was, I was thinking about that. Um, and I can't remember specifically if we met any time, any time before, but we did meet when, when I retired, I was working at Bank of America for many years and, uh, and after, after that was over, uh, when uh, was it when the the year of nine uh, eleven, uh, I I left the bank and took early retirement, and um, after after a few months, I uh, started working at the Buddhist bookstore at um, at the Buddhist Church of America, Buddhist Church of San Francisco. Yeah, I met you there. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and so I, I I can't remember if that's where we met and then made the connection, or if we had met, you know, some other time. So um, you 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 had a long involvement with uh, Buddhist Churches of America, the Jodo Shinshu, right? Um, oh yes, branch of Buddhism yeah. around the corner from. Uh, Bush Street, where Sokoji was. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you know, the only I, I was, uh, I was thinking of m- making some notes, but actually, I I ended up just trying to, you know, get it into perspective from, excuse me, from from dates. Um, yeah. And so I, I I the first time I walked into the Buddhist Church of San Francisco. Francisco was probably 1978 or 79, mm-hmm. um, something something like that. My <clears throat> my son or one one of my nephews was involved in the Cub Scouts at the church, ah. and he asked my he asked my son if my son wanted to go, and um, and so I took my son over there, and it was uh, in very short order. I found myself on the uh, other side of the building, uh, uh, attending services and things like that. And, right. Um, and yeah, and so uh, it, it goes back to then. Uh, my first connection with the temple and BCA and uh, and Jodo Shinshu. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 one of the first people I met there was Ananda. Ah, ah, yeah. Well, tell me, tell me about that. Well, Ananda, um, Ananda used to come almost uh, almost every Sunday. Yeah. Um, and uh, and he really enjoyed the liturgy. Uh, the the chanting and um, and aside from that he would also come with uh, with his wife and two daughters on Father's Day. Uh, would, uh, would you repeat that? We had a little glitch. So, and... 
We had a little glitch in the connection there. He'd come with them okay. on what day? Uh, he, to so whatever Sunday was close to Father's Day. Oh, or, what, what is so? And so he would, um, he would. Uh, that's what he asked of his. The, and his wife would come along and serve us with him. Um, yeah. And so we we met almost, well, yeah, just very, very early on and and um, and struck up a friendship. Um, well, that lasted, you know, lasted till he passed away. Yeah. Would you tell me uh, a little about Jodo Shinshu, your understanding of it and you know, how it might uh, differ from Zen. Or you don't have to do that if you don't want. Well, yeah. Um, let, let me give it a try. Um, and, and keeping, uh, and, and when, as soon as you ask that question, um, I want to remind you that. Um, uh, in in the later years, around the time Ananda passed away, right. Well, uh, when, do you remember what year yeah. that was? Uh, no, I don't. I can tell I you. Have a, I, I can tell you in a minute. Yeah, go go on. Yeah, no, I was going to say. Yeah, I have. Have a file. With uh, you know, with uh, stuff uh, 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 you know about and from on the store, I can figure it out. Nineteen seventy eight, seventy nine. Yeah, the date I first went to the temple. I had to go back and figure that out by my son's. Day. Is that when when um, at the time that Ananda passed away? Uh, the bishop at uh, Buddhist Churches of America was Reverend Ogui. Yes. And, um, yeah. And Ogui, of course, uh, looked to Suzuki Roshi as one of his teachers. Yeah. Um, and so the question about what the differences are really, I, I, I think, depends a lot on who you who you're speaking with. Um, but um, uh, for, for me, um, I would say, I would, I, I, what, what can, what can I say? As, uh, as, as someone who has um, been involved and has written poetry, I, I started writing poetry about the same time that I started uh, uh, following up on uh, Buddhism, mm -hmm. and um, and so I've been writing for a long, long time, um, and um, and so of course words words are important. Words are important for me, mm -hmm. um, and. And um, Shinshu, 
Jodo Shinshu, um, is the tradition of language. Oh. Uh, it's the tra- it's the tradi- tradition of Namo Amidabutsu. Um, uh, uh, Shinran said, nothing is true and real but the Nembutsu. And mm. when Shinran, the founder of Shin, uh, Shinshu, Japanese founder of Shin Buddhism, uh, in, you know, in the tradition of Pure Land Buddhism, uh, said that, what he meant was the spontaneous verbal response to our encounter with, uh, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to use Shen terminology, with um, wisdom and compassion in our lives. Um, an aha moment if you will. Shinjin mm-hmm. um, in uh, Shin terminology, something akin to, I'm not going to say things are exactly alike, something akin to Satori, awaken, an awakening moment where in our tradition, the spontaneous, the, the, the nembutsu, namu amidabutsu, comes out naturally and clean without any effort on the part of the practicer. Meaning as, as spontaneous, perhaps, more spontaneous than, than the way we speak to each other in uh, ordinary conversation. Mm-hmm. The telephone rings. I pick it up. David, hi. How are you? Oh, Jerry, where 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 are you? Well, I'm in Brisbane, and you know, and the conversation just goes on. We simply respond. The words come. The words come, and we hear the words, and as we engage the words and each other, um, the the. Uh, uh, the field of communication, if you will, grows between us in a way that has its own natural rhythms. Mm. Things kind of falter when when we stumble and begin to think, oh, what year was that? Or, um, or for instance, when you first ask the question about Shinshu, um, I fell back into thinking or I fell out of another way to think of it perhaps is I fell out of a natural communication into one where I started to begin to uh, uh, intellectualize and I and and had to take steps to try to control what was coming out of my mouth and after probably less than a minute the flow starts to come back with itself. And in my ongoing conversation, much like yours or anybody else's, is one where I'm actually listening to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. The words are coming, and I'm listening to what I'm saying and kind of giving them little nudges here and there when they're not doing things that 
maybe comport with the direction I think that it's all headed. All of this might be an example of the spontaneous recitation or the spontaneous song that we think of as Nambutsu, Namu Amidabutsu. Mm. Um, it, it also, from my point of view as a poet, um, uh, is, uh, is, is, is what I look for as a poet. I try to follow where the words are going and see what I discover from that rather than sit down and try to uh, try rather than try to express something I'm feeling I try to let the words simply start and begin and follow you know and follow what where that stream of words is going so that the ongoing process of writing the poem is a process of discovery mm-hmm. for me um, and very, very discovery both ways kind of forwards and backwards um, because I've found over the years of, of writing just as I've found over the years of reciting Nembutsu um, although the, the the energy flow if you will is outward um, that outward flow uh, somehow or another causes an inward reflection um, uh, on, on the entire process. So mm. when I'm writing a poem, when I'm writing a poem, very often I'm actually discovering what it is I've been thinking about, what it is that's been troubling me, what it is that I've really been trying to express that it's been sitting somewhere in my subconscious, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the process of Nambutsu, the practice of Nambutsu, uh, Namu Amidabutsu, Namu Amidabutsu, Namu Amidabutsu, I think is akin to following the breath, where the breath leads us and what mysteries following our breath can tell us about our own interior life just simply because that's what happens. Mm. Um, and where, where some understandings, and, and I, I'm just going to keep going here, where some understandings of Zen suggest um, uh Effort and control, I would say that others that I've heard or come in contact with um, suggest that zazen or deeper levels of appreciation actually uh, bring the meditator into a place where where the self drops away. It's not a matter of self-control. Yeah. The, in this matter of, yeah, the self drops away. And this is very similar. And this is the heart of Shinshu. Mm-hmm. The heart of Shinshu, uh, one of Shinran's uh, uh, statements in, 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 a, uh, in an essay that he wrote much later in life, he talked about no self-working. 
and he said, True Nembutsu, or Shinjin, coming in, coming in touch with, um, with the wisdom and compassion of Amiga, with the energy flow of life itself, the endless change and flow of life itself um, has nothing to do with our efforts. We come in touch with that when our efforts fall away. Mm-hmm. And so and so spontaneity and no self-working or naturalness, um, a life of naturalness, just simply going with that, going with the flow um, and discovering what's here in this moment for us that arises and uh, becomes us in the context of our contact with the world. Um, this is a life of Nambutsu. Mm-hmm. And well, in my mind, this is the way I would understand um, uh, a life in Zen. But that's, uh, or for that matter, a life as a poet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, um, Namu Amidaba Butsu, that means homage? Would you translate Namu as homage? Um, it, it can be translated translated as homage, or I take very often um, you you hear teachers say I take refuge in oh, yeah, the right. Buddha. Okay, yeah. um, but what um, what uh, our teachers what some teachers tell us is that that Namu Amidabutsu those those uh, sounds, those words, um, were put together initially so that um, so that uh, in in the the Japanese to the Japanese ear um, and to the Japanese way of speaking, it would come close to the original Sanskrit. So it was a matter of literally say and we call namu amidabutsu i take refuge in buddha or um, in amida buddha uh, amida meaning infinite light and infinite life so um, uh, life life in capital letters wisdom compassion Mm-hmm. Um, I take I take refuge in the wisdom and compassion that is the universe. Mm-hmm. I take refuge in the in the formless Buddha. Mm-hmm. Is what that is what that means. Um, but it's uh, for for the original Japanese uh, thinkers. It was a matter of simply, and we call that the name in Pure Land Buddhism, that whole phrase is referred to as the name, 
The and name N A M E. N A M E. Yes. Yeah. The name. And the whole point of the name is to simply say the name. Yeah. Yeah. Not not get wrapped up in what it means. Yeah. But to say the name. Uh, let the self go and give yourself to the name. Yeah. Yeah, you know, very similar attitudes that we find, um, I think, in our in our Zen communities. Yeah, sure. Uh, let let go and give yourself over to this. Yeah. I wonder what that Nichiren people say about uh, uh, homage to the Lotus Sutra and Namo Myohen Namo Myohen. Uh, I wonder if they say something similar there, or some of them. Yeah, I, I you know, and I, I, I don't know. I've, I, I don't have a lot of, um, I haven't had a lot of connection with uh, Nichiren over the years. Um, and the only, the, and the only connection I might have had was through um Japanese Shin teachers and um the strong sectarian kind of dynamic that we find in Japanese Buddhism I think maybe uh prevents us in a lot of instances from uh what might be well shared in in the different traditions so I don't know I, I yeah I I can't really speak to it. Yeah. That's very true. The sectarian tradition of Japanese Buddhism, I really ran into that a lot. Americans tend, many Americans tend to be sort of ecumenical and wanting to, you know, get together and stuff. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I, I, I would, personally, I would say that the real test, if you will. I mean, if you need to, to to answer the question, to really answer that kind of question, um, if it's a serious question for ourselves, we simply need to engage in the practice and find out for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's right. That's right. Um, now, Ogui, uh, uh, at least for you know some period of his life practice zazen uh do do you know if he continued that i mean he did with suzuki um my my understanding is that he did um when when he was bishop um i only knew of him not really well i had heard his name and and of course, he had published a, a book um, many years ago, um, and I was uh, I was kind of was uh, Zen 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 Shin. Bear with me. I'm seeing if I can see it on my shelf here. But but he, you know, <clears throat> the title of the book. Um, has both the word Shin and Zen on the, in the title mm. of the book. 
um, because um, as as uh, as a teacher, as a teacher, um, he was he he presented what was of value, what he knew was of value to him, um, and so I, I attended a couple of uh, a weekend uh, retreats with him. Um, one of them was um, was actually over in Marin at, at Green Gulch. Oh, is that right? Um, huh. Yeah, yeah. It was a you know it was a Buddhist church of San Francisco, and we and we uh, did a weekend retreat. Oh. And invite and invited Ogui, who was the bishop at that time, and um, he taught us and led us in uh zazen uh-huh. and um and we also recited nembutsu uh-huh. mm-hmm. um and so uh i was of the impression that he still had um a zazen practice yeah um but as as bishop i know that he uh had uh Many deep discussions with the various ministerial committees in BCA uh, to assure them uh, that as bishop, uh, his focus was going to be <laughs> uh, propagating Jodo Shinshu. Uh, uh, uh-huh. that, that 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 was that was a big big question. That that came up, Um, um, but um, but but uh, at the time, at the time BCA was, as I recall, was really struggling, and um, they needed somebody with the kind of vision that he had. Yeah, and so uh, he got the support. And uh, he he made he made a lot of very significant uh, changes, uh, not in the not in the teaching, but in creating programs that brought um, lay m- more lay leaders uh, into uh, teaching and semi-teaching roles. Um, mm. So he, he left behind a very rich uh, legacy. Mm. It's Koshin, right? Koshin Ogui. Y- yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. He came, uh, I did a book signing in Chicago. Oh, God. I don't know. Turn of the century. And uh, he came to it with a bunch of students. That's before he was bishop. Uh, and and uh, I had interviewed him for Crooked Cucumber and uh and he wrote a nine-part, I think, series on Shunyu Suzuki for the Michibei, or, well, you know, Nichibei, uh, Mainichi, or, well, you know, one of the Japanese newspapers in San Francisco. Right. And I've, I've got all that on Cute.com. Um, do you, do you know where he is now, how he is now? No, I'm, I'm afraid I don't. Um, um, I, I can only tell you, and you, you know, and I think you actually, I think you asked me this once before, years ago. Yeah. Um, if, if if I knew, 
Um, and I can only tell you that after he, you know, after he left his responsibilities as bishop, he did go to a temple, uh, and I think it was somewhere here in California. Uh, he returned to temple ministry. Oh, is that right? Hmm. Yes. Um, yes, he did. Huh. Well, I, I'd love to get but, a hold of him. I, you're right. I, I have tried, but maybe I didn't try very hard. I'll keep that in mind. Um, hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, well, uh, now Shinran, who founded Jodo Shinshu, uh, or we think of as the founder, uh, mm-hmm. um, he was, he was initially a student of, of, um, What's uh, uh, ho, 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 what's 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 the name of the um, founder of uh, of uh, Jodo Shu? Yeah, yeah, Jodo Shu uh, Honen. Honen, right? I almost said yes, it. Yes, Honen. Yeah, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I yeah, I thought it was going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel, I could feel it coming out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I do that with names. Like, I'll really know the person's name, but I'll be unsure, and I don't want to say the wrong name. That's worse <laughs> than saying, can you remind me of your name? Uh-huh. Um, uh, so, um, so, 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 Jodo Shu and Jodo arose almost at the same time, right? Or was Hoen not the founder of Jodo Shu? It was probably a continuation of something, huh? No, uh, Honen is considered the founder of Jodo Shu. Yeah. Um, although, um, and, you know, and I'm, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not really a, a, a student of history, so, so the, the details of these kinds of things, um, uh, I, I can't testify to that, but there were very, as, as with, uh, Zen, um, there were various, uh, schools of Jodo Shu, but Honen is considered, is widely considered the founder in, uh, Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, and then various schools split off from Honen. Yeah. And and Shinran was one of the students who and and one of the schools that split off, if you will, from Honen. But Shinran always didn't think he was that he was doing anything different from Honen. Yeah. From his from. Yeah. From Shinran's perspective, um, he was transmitting what he felt was the heart and soul, if you will, of Honen's teaching. Yeah. So, yeah, in Shinran's mind, it was always one stream. Now, my understanding, mm, I think from before I knew Ogoing, was that Jodo Shu and Honen, Emphasized um, 
uh, onigai kokoro, uh, which is like, uh, onigai is like please, or I beg you, or supplicating in a kokoro mind, right? Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, th- that it was, uh, please, please save me, right? And that, that Shinran's, uh, take on it was, Arigatai kokoro, grateful mind. Thank you that I'm already saved. Does that, does that ring true to you? Um, yeah, yes, and, well, I, let me say yes, but here's, here's the way that, that I would, would, uh, say it or express it. Yeah. Um, in 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 and you know and and you may be you may very well be a hundred percent accurate there, but um, in Jodoshu, emphasis is placed on the recitation of the name. Namo. The the practice is recitation of the name. And it is the practice, the practice is the vehicle for awakening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In Shinshu, in Shinshu, although, although we speak of the practice, as I mentioned earlier, when Shinran talks of reciting the name or the true and real Nembutsu, it's the true and real Nembutsu that spontaneously arises from the awakening experience. So in Shinshu, the awakening experience comes first. Mm. True Nembutsu comes out of that. Mm, yeah. Every every all the nembutsu and practice and chanting that we do prior to that, or aside from that, oh, the the or uh, let me put it this way: aside from those um, awakening moments, multiple perhaps multiple moments over a lifetime, um, are usually thought of as self-effort chanting or self-effort practices. Oh, so you're saying that that Jodo Shu is um, is is Jiriki, right? Yeah, self-power. Huh, I never thought of that. Wow. Well, it's the the emphasis now. Now and again, the in in the ordinary course of discussing these kinds of issues, the emphasis in Jodoshu is on the recitation as the as as the pathway to awakening. Uh huh. Um, uh huh. And 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 Shinran made a very Clear departure from that, um, and by saying tariki, no self-working, right? Uh, Amida's working, right? Or right. or the working of the un- the working of the universe at large. 
Right. The things that happen nat- naturally in our lives because of the, you know, the multitudes of, you know, causes and, condition- and conditions at work that are well beyond any of our individual efforts. Right. Um, now, that being said, um, Shinran still said, we should still recite Nembutsu as best as we can. Yeah. But there was, you know, but there's no number, there's no fixed, you know, fixed way to say it. There's no, and, and, um, some of the works that he points to that speak of these issues, um, make it very, very clear that, um, you know, we're all, we're all different. Jerry Bullock's Nembutsu experience and when he says it and how he says it and how many times that arises is completely different or can be completely different from Ogui Sensei, uh, mm-hmm. you know, or any or anyone else. And this is because that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is this is who we are as human beings. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Uh, you know, we we simply give ourselves give ourselves over as best we can in the context of who we are in the you know in the greater in the greater uh, field of our of, of our living uh, experience, mm-hmm. um, and and so to to say that there is no one way is a is a dramatic. And very radical understatement. Yes, yes. Um, uh, my interpretation of one way is uh, I always try to look for what, what's the truth in something, uh, because clearly uh, people's understanding. You know, one way there's bumper stickers and say one way it means it means accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior is the only way to heaven. But um, uh, uh, the, 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 the I see one way as meaning um, you know you get to a certain point. Where uh, I, I was just reading some Meister Eckhart, where he says uh, theologians uh, argue, but mystics speak the same language. So you get to that <laughs> level uh, that the different ways take you to. Uh, then it, the only way is through uh, big mind through Amida mind, through, you know, it's just got different names. So uh, usually the understanding of one way is that my name, my words are the only way, uh, my particular belief. But I think it's, uh, it's what you get to through that. That is the one way. Um, Suzuki said it. This is the only way, you know, uh, um, and, you know, my tendency is to reject that, but I just understand it in, uh, 
in an absolute sense. It's not a relative statement. It's more like an, uh, an absolute statement. Um, and does that make sense to you? Yes, yes. And, and, um, and my understanding of, yeah, yes, absolutely. And, but my understanding of Shin and Shinran is that the real point for Shin Buddhists, um, that, that, that the real point that we as Shin Buddhists need to, uh, un- understand with, with our whole being, if you will, is that the real work, the real work is being done. So, I mean, anytime mm-hmm. I consciously, anytime I consciously recite Nambutsu, is jiriki. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When it comes when it comes out spontaneously, that's tadiki. Right. That's not my work. That's not my working there. That's very interesting to me that you you uh, called tariki no self power. Usually I hear it translated as other power, and ta means other, but I th- I like no self uh, uh, power. That's that's really good. Yes, 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 and and in some and throughout some of his writings, Shinran, you know, equates the two. When we say no self working, we mean other power. Other power means no self working. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That places yeah, both yeah. powers dead center in our own mind. The the, the yes. small mind is G-Riki, the big mind is Ta-Riki. That's very never thought of that. I like that. Yeah, and all the essential work is done by the big mind, not the small mind. Right. The small right. mind is just, is just all the chatter around it. Right. This is true. Um, I'm, I, I've realized more and more, not only in spiritual practice, but in sports and art and in, in, uh, people getting things done, even in, in, uh, people getting evil things done. They get to a certain level where, uh, it's like their muscle memory takes over and it gets to a deeper level. And, and they're acting more fully out of, uh, their, uh, deeper mind. Um, yes. Uh, but, yeah. Hmm. So, um, so, uh, what occurs to you now? <laughs> Um, actually, I, I, um, I didn't realize how much, um, I miss this. Um, in my early days in, uh, in, at the, at the Buddhist Church of San Francisco, um, were, were about these kinds of, we spent, yeah, you know, there were ordinary services and 
celebrations and things like that. And temple life is all about family life as well and community. Mm-hmm. Um, but all little workshops and gatherings and uh, uh, this is where Ananda and I got to know each other was was in those times after the services over coffee or meeting for lunch or meeting in each other's homes with, you know, uh, maybe just a couple of other people um, and, uh, and, and talking like this. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're, you know, asking each other questions and working on things that, that, that feel so, not not just relevant, I mean, you know, just feels so important, um, and uh, o- over the years, well, many years, I, I hadn't really realized how many years, um, some some of that intensity uh, started to drop away in temple life, um, and so that maybe maybe a couple of years prior to COVID, so four four or five years ago or so, um, I, I just, I needed space. Uh, temple life and whatever was happening uh, in various study groups just, just, uh, just wasn't reaching me. And part of it, I think, is that, you know, uh, beloved teachers begin to die yeah and uh and the flavor of the world changes somehow yeah you know they they're still with you but but you can't go have coffee with them yeah Uh, yeah yeah um and and so yeah yeah, over the past four or five years part of my part of my question and i guess this is in answer to your question part of my question has been okay so I'm healthy and uh, vital and and all of that. How am I going to spend the rest of this? Mm-hmm. What does all this mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good to have a, a practice, you know, that a deep practice. Uh, it sort of makes questions like what's the meaning of life and everything irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, all the questions Buddha wouldn't answer. You just keep the noble right. silence. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about um, this uh, one way. I think uh, the uh, now there's various branches of Nichiren. There's Nichiren Shu and Nichiren Shoshu, and they're very different. Nichiren Shu is more part of the mm, mainstream of Buddhism in Japan anyway. And Ichiren Shoshu tended to be more radical. And then, of course, they got into being political. Uh, and that split off. The Soka Gakkai split off from the Ichiren Shoshu. But, and, and became uh, very involved in wanting one world government and peace on Earth. And, you know, a lot of good things. But they tended to think, and, and Nichiren said it, they tended to think uh, very literally that uh, that was the one way. 
the only way. And uh, I think Nietzsche is the only uh, founder of uh, a Buddhist sect that, you know, would say things like everybody else is going to hell and stuff. But um, I don't have a, a deep understanding of Nietzsche. In, in Japan, I'd go to this Nietzsche temple, Nichiren Shu, not the Shoshu, because the chanting was so great, and I just go there and listen to the chanting. And, you know, and there's something similar, too, uh, in Jodo Shinshu, um, and I was trying to remember, remember my, there's two, uh, there's multiple branches of Shin. Of, of Shin Buddhism in yes. Japan, but the two, but the two main ones are Higashi. Yeah, east and west. <laughs> yes, east and west, and I couldn't. And and uh, the Buddhist Churches of America is not Higashi. It's uh, Hongonji. Uh, no, Higashi. There's Higashi. Uh, there would be Nishi. Higashi, what what is it? Higashi what? Uh, Higashi Hongonji. Uh, hey, all right, um, Hongo, that means like uh, yeah, Higashi Hongonji. Uh, see, there's these two really big temples in Kyoto, the headquarters yes. for Higashi. Well, yeah, the west is Nishi, uh, Nishi Hongonji, I okay. would assume, uh, and and they're very large temples. They're not far from each yeah. other. They're both sort of near the train station in Kyoto. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 yeah, I've been, I've had, I've had the good fortune to, to, to have been, uh, in Kyoto a couple of times. But, but the, the Higashi and Nishi, Nishi is the, is, is the Buddhist churches of America. Oh, I wondered about that. Oh, uh, and yes. do you know what the difference is between the two? Yes, um, the, the 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 major difference, as I understand it, um, is that Nishi has tended historically to be focused on doctrine, and Higashi has made an effort to. Uh, to to continuously reinterpret the the teaching the Shin teaching into uh, you know, reinterpret the message in a way that ordinary people can understand. So mm-hmm. it, it's uh, so yeah, um, and and so. Uh, Nishi teachers, again, tend to be more conservative when it comes, if you ask them a question about what is Shinshu about. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the Higashi, uh, from, and so here I am all these years, 50 years or something, as a member of, uh, you know, a Nishi, you know, Nishi, uh, temple, um, most of the teachers that I find most exciting are Higashi teachers. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I, you know, I never, I knew those two, there were those two temples, but I never heard people saying, uh, the, you know, the Nishi or the Higashi. They just say, uh, 
you know what I hear from uh, Zen uh, priests is that <laughs> this was funny that they like I heard this several times maybe it was a thing they said you know like Japanese can't get into like sort of uh, set phrases uh, they'd say oh yeah I like uh, 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 Jodo Shinshu I just don't like the priests <laughs> really I heard that several times um, and it always seemed uh, that, like, you know what, D.T. Suzuki was, you know, he loved Jodo Shinshu. I don't remember any, but but I didn't read his stuff about it. But, but you know, just a cursory look at it. I don't remember uh, any discussion of Nishi or Higashi. Uh, but uh, D.T. Suzuki, I think, uh, wrote as much and was just as... Um, Mm, devoted to uh, uh, Jodo Shinshu as he was to Zen. Uh, he's only thought of as Zen, but he liked both of them. Are you aware of that? Oh yes, yes. No, I, I have uh, I have a couple of uh, I, I have a whole set of uh, publications that he did um, over the years. Uh, m- m- most of them I got from were uh, publications, uh, books that my w- one of my first one of the first temple ministers at at BCA when he passed away in San Francisco. Uh, his wife his wife wanted me to 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 take from his library. Uh, books to remember him by. Oh, and, uh, oh. And, uh, yeah, and so um, uh, among some other books, I I took the uh, D.T. Suzuki uh, writings on Shinshu. Huh. Um, huh. And so no, I, I I was very aware that that Hong um uh, reached out to D.T. Suzuki and asked him to do a translation of Shinran's major works. Um, oh, and did now, he do it? Yes. yes. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, he did. Uh-huh. Um, now, you know, I mean, some some <laughs> Shin teachers are going to say, oh, yeah, well, Suzuki, Suzuki did a great job, but it's all from a Zen perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, that could be. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and you know, and it uh, and it it probably is, and then you know, my comment to that is, and so what? Yeah, um, yeah, right. But, you know, but, but it was actually the Hongonji who you know who asked him to do it. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, be, because they needed uh, you know a translation in English that they could count on. Yeah. Yeah. And he was the guy. Um, so no, that that's always fascinated me, and and just that alone would be reason enough, um, you know, in the broader community, to to have continuing connections and dialogue, you know, between you know Shin uh, temples and and Zen temples. We share a lot here. We share, yeah. you know, a, a, a revered 
uh, teacher. Um, but, you know, those kinds of things are just too little known and too little yeah. talked about in my mind. Yeah, well, it does yeah. seem to me just uh, thinking of, you know, uh, various things I've heard and read and seen and experienced that um, that both they they both consider each other the the closest thing to them are the the friendliest. I mean, Shunya Suzuki never mentioned anything. Pos- well, no, that's not true. Uh, but but he spoke affectionately about uh, Jodo Shinshu. Uh, and he, uh, but, but every once in a while he'd say something about Tendai or Shingon, uh, uh, especially Shingon, uh, uh, that, um, you know, was positive or whatever, but, uh, mainly he wasn't, uh, real ecumenical. Uh, but the students were, they tried to, uh, get him to be, you know, go to these you know, group meetings and this and that, and he'd do it. But uh, it really wasn't a big deal to him. His art was in being at his temple in case somebody came by and wanted to know about Zen or something. He, uh, which um, is um, Japanese are real good at that. They're very their sense of responsibility toward their duty is uh, very hard for an American. <laughs> To match in my what, right, what I right. say, but uh, Suzuki was friends with not only Ogui, but uh, I think before that he and later on he was friends with the bishop, or at least the the uh, the chief priest of BCA in San Francisco, uh, who maybe was the bishop uh, in his time, and they'd have their. You know, he and his wife and the bishop and his wife, uh, would have a dinner together and, and, uh, uh, he did very little socially, but I remember that, that he did that. Uh, maybe not a lot, uh, cause basically he never wanted to go out, uh, right. <laughs> except walk in Japan down, yeah. maybe. <laughs> um, right, right. <laughs> um, well, uh, Jerry, um, could, uh, you know, I, I get your poetry, what's it, once a month? Yeah, well, yeah, more or less. More or less. It seems yeah, like I, about I, once a month. Yeah. And, you know, I yeah. save it all. I've, I, I might have thousands of your poems. They're very short. Are they haiku? Haiku. Yes. They're short, right? They're haiku. Yeah. Um, uh, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes I would say they're haiku. Right. They're sometimes. Definitely short. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Um, so, um, would you uh, read us some? Oh my goodness. Okay. You can. I can you send it to you. <laughs> you don't know where it is. No. No. Well, let's. Um, let me. Um, let me be real adventurous and um, um, read you some that I haven't typed out yet. So oh, good. Just read good. from. Uh, I understand okay. that. Yeah. So yeah, my usual 
practice, I I, uh, I write I write most every day in in the morning, mm-hmm. and um, and then periodically we'll sit down and type them out and figure out which ones I want to set, which ones I want to uh, send out, um, uh-huh. and so and so what um, what I'll do is thumb through bear with me um so so you'll yeah these are <laughs> okay uh, yeah i'll i'll do what i never do and that is um or or maybe what i should do more often is just okay this is this is what I wrote, and before typing it out, um, um, I'll read it as best I can, and and hope it seems uh, and hope it seems like a poem. All right, cool. Um, oh, and, and yeah, and and let let me um, uh, let me just kind of uh, add this. Um, Whatever you want. Uh, I, I, yeah, I I I tried when I first started writing poems. I came across. Uh, uh, Japanese haiku, of course, and um, and so I was trying to imitate uh, haiku poets. Don't ask me who at the time, um, but um, I really began to write in my on my own when I came across the works of the American poet uh, William Stafford and. Um, uh, he's a uh, w- World War II um, uh, conscientious objector camp uh, experience. So, you know, quite a number of our literary figures come out of the uh, 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 objectors camps of uh, folks who were put into camps, objected to the war, refused to go, and they were put in um conservation camps and had to work their way through the war. Um, uh, And William Stafford was one of those, and he wrote uh, every morning. Um, But his definition of a poem was what opened up poetry for me, allowed me to write. And and, uh, he was was a much-loved poet and teacher of poetry, um, and his definition is as follows. A poem is a group of words that catches your attention just so. Mm. A poem is a group of words that catches your attention just so. Now that, that uh, so the poet as the poet is writing, um, feels that the poet that the poem is complete when that kind of experience is reached, sends the poem out, and and then has no more control over it. <laughs> the words go out, and it's the listener or the reader who determines how much of what is sent out is a poem depending on 
which groups of words catch their attention just so. So William Stafford, his entire life, refused to define for anyone what a poem was. Ah, I like that. I like that. I, I always feel that the person who appreciates art is really the interpreter and, you know, always and trying to rely on the person who created it, a painting, a writer. Uh, I mean, what they have to say is okay, too. I liked uh, Virginia. What's your name? The woman who designed the San Francisco Zen Center City Center, um, uh, 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 you know, did the Hearst mm. Mansion. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll fill it in later. Uh, she said, when asked uh, about her work, she said, my work speaks, I do not. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, um, you, you know, and to some extent, our life as uh, Zen Buddhists or Shin Buddhists um, mm-hmm. might also, uh, if we can find a way to communicate it that way, um, without putting limitations um, or even suggesting limitations on what other people's experience may be. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so a very important, uh, that's, that's been important for me for, for years. And when I've taught, uh, I've had the opportunity to uh, teach poetry and haiku mostly, to a variety of different groups, and I always start the groups with that definition so that people realize what they are writing and what pleases them is uh, is what the process is about. Right, right. Um, That's Ju- Julia Morgan. Julia Morgan is the one okay. I was quoting. We go on. Um, so with with all of that and and my uh, hemming and hawing, uh, we went down to San Clemente for a week. Uh, our older son and his family uh, couple of, you moved from the Bay Area a couple of years ago and is now in Laguna Beach. So we were down there, and this uh, short poem comes from sitting outside on the terrace. The short haiku, if you will, comes from sitting on the terrace in the uh, hotel where we stayed. Outside terrace, warm sun bakes my face, fingers and feet, cold. (laughs) Or in December 20th, San Clemente morning number two rises pink glow, streak Spoken warmth not yet heard across the chilled and shadowed earth, the Pacific gently pummels. California winters so soft, Christmas seems but a dream. Outside the resort, Coyote waits, as usual, won't say why. <laughs> Uh, and that's uh, that. That was true here and there. I walked out my door one morning for a walk, and a coyote was standing there, just waiting. 
Um, she reads aloud the story unfolding. Walking below the cliffs, the surf, the surf following behind. Now, here's one I was reading um, while while I was down there that week. I was reading a lot of uh, uh, the poetry of Santoka, um, a contemporary Japanese haiku poet. Um, he's passed away now, but uh, modern free-form haiku. And this poem goes, um, Santoka wrote of sitting amidst his home dialect. I'm captured by Southern California's slow-rolling Spanish music, slow-rolling Spanish music, laid on nearly every sign. Huh. Huh. You know, it's, it's, uh, I found myself just delighted all the time reading the street signs. Huh. All these beautiful, all these beautiful Spanish names and the uh, different towns and cities we went to. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And, may, and let me see. Okay, I don't know. This may come out kind of clunky because it's hard for me to reach my read my uh, read my own writing sometimes. Uh, I, I um, hear you. I, I hear you there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I read an interesting. There was a, I I got a book recently, and they right inside the cover was a quote from Saint Augustine, who said. Only the lover sings. So they say, Augustine says, only the lover sings. When, yes, and maybe, she, he, only, she, he's only singing. Her song and his only of itself and for itself, a singing given of the world from the world back into it. Talk of lovers and all tagged along behind the all that ought not and yes, will not be burdened by reason or by name. Hmm. And just uh, one more, the last in my journal as of today. Um, returning. L.A. to the SF Bay Area, we chose the slower 101 unfolding. Mountains, coast, open, open prairie, watershed, sky, and two long lane dormant love returned in surges of blossoming song. State of endless 
sustenance, home. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, we drove. Yeah. I can appreciate the details back. there because 101 is, uh, uh, yeah, the slower route rather than five going north. Yes. Uh, and yeah. And I used to take one. It doesn't go through now though, does it? Um, I, wh- why would you say it doesn't go through? Well, it, it, well, it was broken in Big Sur anyway. Is it, has that been oh, fixed? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think everything's been fixed. Oh, no I, kidding. I no kidding. But, but, but I may be wrong. It was really serious, yeah. s- serious damage. Um, Esalen, right. Esalen was, you know, you had to helicopter into Esalen. It was only, <laughs> It was only for the rich, and then it became only for the richer. Uh, but maybe there were yeah, they, other ways to yeah. get there. Yeah, um, and don't quote me on that. I, I had forgotten about that completely, um, about that. But, yeah, we we decided to go 101, and uh, I fell in love all over again with California. It was just <laughs> such a delight after yeah. uh, using, uh, going back and forth on five so many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five takes you through, you know, that, that place where you stop where there's all the cattle yards, that if, if you go at the wrong time, you can just smell <laughs> just for miles the stockyards. Uh, yeah, and, uh, phew, yeah, factory farming, uh, yes, yes, yeah, hmm, well, those, those poems are great, um, uh, and it, let me ask you one other thing, where, where were you born? New Jersey. Oh, yeah, far out, and, and what was your uh, family uh, like? What was your upbringing like uh, in terms of religion um, or anything? Um, w- w- well, we went, um, we were brought up, my sister and I, my, my dad, <laughs> my, uh, working class uh, suburbs of New Jersey, um, it probably took us maybe an hour and a half, two hours by bus to get to Manhattan, mm-hmm. uh, New York. Um, so suburbs of New Jersey, but uh, working class. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I I think uh, I only knew I only only one of my friend's fathers wasn't um, a you know didn't work in the trades. Of some kind, yeah, and you know, wore a jacket, wore a jacket and a tie to work. Only, only one when I grew up. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so it was you know working class. You know, moms, all the moms worked part time, and uh, you know, and the dads worked full time. Um, but my my dad hmm. would uh, drive us. My dad would drive us to church to an Episcopal church on Sundays. Mm. And my mother and father would go to church on Christmas and Easter. But my mm-hmm. sister and I 
My sister and I went <laughs> went to Episcopal Church regularly, um, and uh, at some point I became an altar boy. But, well, um, good for you. So, <laughs> but, but 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 beyond that, um, no, there were, you know there was real really no uh, focus on uh, religious life. Uh, yeah. we we didn't we didn't say a prayer before meals or anything of that sort. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, what year were you born? Nineteen forty-three. Forty-three. Oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. Um, incidentally, Ananda died February eighteenth, two thousand and eight. Uh, okay. So that's. Uh, Anniversary that's coming up, and your 80th birthday is coming up this uh, coming year. Yeah, this uh, this coming September. Yeah. Yeah, I'm and I'm I'm close behind, <laughs> trying to catch up. To okay. You. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surrounded by young people all the time. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Yeah, I uh, I don't want to go to a. Uh, home or a community that's for retirees but well we'll see uh, uh what happens um, <laughs> um so um you you uh, well, what was your what was it like growing up for you just you know roughly you know uh what you know you went to school what did you want to be what what did you do did you go into the army that sort of thing uh, um, yeah, um, uh, it, it was, um, I don't know, I was happy. I had a happy childhood. Um, oh, that's good. You know, my dad, you know, um, it, yeah, it was, it was good. Um, um, my dad was uh, a welder and a pipe fitter. Mm. Um, so, so he, uh, you know, he worked really hard. What um, is a pipe it, fitter? Is is I always get an image of like a plumber. Uh, yes, uh, you know the same the same kind of of skills and and uh, yeah the same kind of uh, uh, skills. But why uh, is a, a but what what is a pipe fitter doing that they're not called a plumber? <laughs> oh well, think of uh, just well. Um, think of, I don't know, think of a shipyard, think of a ship, think of um, any kind of uh, plant that is producing things using heat, using gas, using water. Um, all of these things require piping. A lot of piping, a lot of big piping. Uh, yeah, I see. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I I actually I never thought about it before. What is a pipe fitter? I see. That's neat. And sometimes welding, yeah. like if you got copper pipe and yes, so they go together. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. All, yeah. It all all overlaps. Uh, for a while, when uh, I think when I was maybe in high school, he was working for um, a uh, company that produced chemicals. So mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff, you know, building, welding the tanks, 
fixing, you know, repairing the tanks or, or all of the lines and all of that stuff. So I, I you know, you're right. I had never thought of it in terms of of plumbing. Um, yeah. But but my, but but my dad was one of those guys who could do literally anything. Yeah. Uh, with his hands. Yeah. Anything. I think I was um, wrong when I said welding for copper. You don't weld copper. Uh, no. Yeah. What what is it? There's a different smelting. Process, but, or no, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know either. I'd always get when I had to do it. I'd get somebody else to come in. I'd, I, you know, when I was doing in America, you know, I had to do so much myself. Here, I don't have to do anything like that. Uh, but um, working with copper pipe uh, was one of those things. Really best to have somebody that knew what they were doing. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm. So, so, yeah, so, you know, working class Jersey, we'd go to the shore in the summer, and it's the shore, not the beach. Um, what does that and, mean? Um, what does that mean? Well, oh, on the East Coast, people go to the shore. Oh, I see. It's just that, oh, yeah. I see. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I grew, yeah, I grew up going to the shore, and it wasn't until <laughs> I ended up in California that I started to go to the beach. Oh, <laughs> all right. That's cool. That's cool. Well, I keep learning things here. Uh, what, so, yeah. uh, did, what about school? Did you, did you, uh, did you do well in school? Uh, no, I, in, in all through grade school and high school, I struggled. School was hard. Um, and, and, um, but I was lucky enough. Uh, when it came time for college, um, my father was born in North Carolina, and so we would take family vacations to North Carolina. Um, and I applied to a small uh, college in North Carolina. Uh, I would have never gotten into Rutgers, which was the state school in New Jersey, um, and so I was fortunate enough to get in uh, to Elon College in mm. North Carolina and um, had a year there. Um, and after <clears throat> after that year, I came back, went back to Jersey for the summer. And my oldest friend, <clears throat> over the course of that year, he had stayed he had stayed home. Uh, actually, he was finishing up high school, <clears throat> but he had stayed in Jersey and he discovered Cat Jack Kerouac. Oh, and uh, and so when I got back for that for that uh, that you know that summer vacation, um, he turned me on to Jack Kerouac, and we started taking the bus across and going to Greenwich Village and. Um, and uh, and and all of these, from a perspective of how we grew up, we were, these were very wild things. Um, uh, and um, it, it just seems like we were never the same. The world wasn't the same after the exposure to on the road and Dharma bums and <clears throat> and uh, and that 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 kind of literature and that kind of living 
experience. And so when I went back to college for my second year, um, uh, it just didn't, you know, it just wasn't working for me. I understand. Uh, so I dropped out. Yeah, I dropped out and did what any red-blooded um, American boy would do at the time, since I knew I would be drafted. Um, remember the draft? Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I joined the Marines. No kidding. Yes. Wow. Um, wow. And uh, that was also another mistake, but uh, one I couldn't get out of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. And so uh, four years in the Marines. Uh, four years. My gosh. Uh, you know, took a couple of cruises on the Atlantic since Marines, you know, Marines are part of the part of the Navy. I spent uh, almost a year uh, aboard ship, uh, cruising the Mediterranean, uh, the Caribbean. Um, what years were this, these four years? I joined uh, 1962. The 62 November to 66. And, and you didn't 62. get over to Vietnam? No. Yeah, you just um, you it, missed. Yeah. You yeah, were just I, a little early. Sixty-six. There were. I mean, there were soldiers over there in sixty-two, and not many. Uh, and, and yeah, and it started to increase. The numbers started to increase in sixty-six. Yeah. Oh the yeah. The unit that yeah the unit that I was in only sent <clears throat> a small contingents over there. You know, groups of uh, like a dozen or so. It, it wasn't the entire outfit that would go over. Um, yeah. And so, uh, yeah, no, no, I was very, very, very fortunate uh, not to have to go before I got out. Um, and in the last two years, um, I was actually stationed in Hawaii. And um, I mean, I wasn't good at being a Marine. So I had a, I had a hard time. <laughs> um, it, it just not. <laughs> I didn't know then that my you know that my real spirit was that of a poet. Uh, but uh, so it, uh, it it was it was it was difficult. Uh, but uh, as I as I've told my children a hundred times, um, uh, you know, kind of stumbling my way through those years. A couple of months before I was to get my release, um, my wife went to Hawaii. Uh, my wife to be yeah, yeah. went to Hawaii. Yeah, on uh, on vacation, and I happened, and she was visiting with her best friend from high school, and I knew her best friend, um, and so uh, I met my wife, and we fell in love, and. When I took my discharge, I took it in, and she lived in San Francisco. I took my discharge in San Francisco, and the rest, as they say, is history. Oh, that's how you got there. Now, between, yeah. so so you started living in San Francisco in 64. 
uh, no, in 60, uh, Six. late 66. See, pardon me. Yeah. I, I meant 66. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so, so, but, but what, what did you do? Um, well, you know, various jobs here and there, and then at some point, I uh, on the GI Bill, I went to uh, City College. Then oh. I went from city city to San Francisco State. Oh, uh, <clears throat> got my uh, got my degree in philosophy and religion. Oh goodness. Uh, and, you know, and that was so useful that uh, uh, for a couple of years, I worked as a manager of a pizza place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, then um, in the late 60s, no, early, early 70s, our first, so our first son was born in 71. Before he was two years old, um, I, I finished school, was working, you know, in a pizza place, and we um, we uh, went by car uh, across the states and spent um, spent four years in New Hampshire. We just kind of wandered about and you know bumped about, and I you know got work in New Hampshire. We um, were doing uh, what? Actually, doing brought, what? Well, I started there uh, doing pizza stuff. That's the only, you know, no one was interested in a philosopher. <clears throat> so I did what I, I did. I, did, I used the skills I had and, uh, you know, did uh, pizza work. Um, then I did a variety of things, um, most of which I can't even remember. Um, until, um, oh, and then we had, and we had two more children while we were there. Mm. Um, so our second two kids were, although they claimed to be, um, San Francisco, uh, you know, uh, natives, um, it's, uh, it's, it's a very thinly veiled lie. Uh, oh. my, my older son, yeah, my older son was born in San Francisco. The younger two were born in New Hampshire. Um, mm. But um, but I, um, I I you know just kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do. I stumbled on paralegal work, which was very very new at the time. Oh, <clears throat> and got and got an AmeriCorps position at a non-profit law firm in New Hampshire as a paralegal, um, helping people with uh, uh, employment claims and uh, things of, you know, things of that nature, just, you know, non-profit uh, legal, legal aid work. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, uh, and, and then uh, we moved back and and I started taking uh, paralegal classes at night, and then um, uh, we finally moved back to San Francisco. And after a while, I was able to get paralegal work, and I did that for probably thirteen, fourteen years before going to work for Bank of America. 
Oh, right. Right. Uh, did you work in the big black building? I did. Yeah. Um, Ananda, uh, Ananda would, Ananda would come by maybe a couple of times a month and wait for me at the banker's heart, that big black rock. Right. Right. <laughs> and, right. And, and then we'd, uh, yeah, we'd, we'd walk up, uh, we'd get sandwiches and walk up to the park just below, uh, Grant Street in Chinatown and we'd, we'd have lunch there a couple of times a month. Uh, while I was working there downtown, below Grant Street in China, is this a small park? Are you? It, I, yeah, it's a small park. It would. It's right on. It's it's um, it's uh, California. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So California, Kearney, and. Is it is it is it Grand? Is it Grant Street? Is it Grant or Grand that runs in Chinatown? So it's, it's oh, the it's so we the main drag in Chinatown. Uh, oh, okay. okay. So yeah. Grand. Yeah. So it yeah it was bordered by California on one side, Kearney on the bottom, and the top and on the top part. Actually, there was a small street before Kearney. Or not before Kearney, before Grand, but it was just nestled right up above uh, above the banker's heart. Yeah. I, or there was some sort of yeah, there was some sort of a, a parking lot. I think that's what it was. It was a parking lot there, and this little park sat on top of the parking lot, and then you could just walk a half a block up to Grand. I think there was Tai Chi in that park. In the mornings, or yes, yeah, yeah. There was, yeah. They had tai chi in the mornings, and there was a guy named Ed, who would do tai chi in the afternoons around lunchtime. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Ananda and I spent uh, many uh, lunchtime afternoon gatherings talking about. Shin and Zen. What What did you do for <laughs> Bank of America? Um, I went there as a paralegal um, and worked in their legal department for a few years, and then um, then just because I was getting bored, I found a position. <clears throat> they were looking for a legal documentation person. Um, in on the trading floor to to support the traders and uh so I applied for that and got that and it was uh, do you do you know anything about the the markets no uh, okay um it um and so I was I got this work um uh, uh, negotiate the the traders do all of their you know all of their trading <clears throat> but there are certain areas of trading that require um 
an actual underlying legal agreement in addition to just the trades that they do. So they, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll buy this at this price and you'll sell it at that price. And okay, we agree to that. But certain areas of the trading floor, since there's so many of those smaller little transactions between these uh, financial institutions, they they enter into excuse me um what they called master agreements that would kind of set all the you know all the broader rules about that ongoing relationship oh. what happens if yeah what oh. happens if we don't pay oh. you know what oh, yeah. what happens there and and so i went up um I, I went up and started working and learning how to do these kinds of agreements for this very small part of the trading floor. And it happened to be, unbeknownst to me, a part of the trading, a part of the bank's trading business that was in, in, a, uh, in a period of uh, expansion. And the same thing was true all over the world. This, <clears throat> they called these interest rate swaps or derivatives, which means, you know, nothing, uh, except if you're a trader or a bank or a, a financial institution. Um, and this part of the bank's business <clears throat> and this business around the globe started to grow. And I happened to be the first guy that they ever hired to do this. And so as that, as the business grew, my responsibilities grew. And I went from being a paralegal to the time I left the bank, I was managing a group of uh, <clears throat> negotiators who were lawyers and MBAs. Um, I was managing a group of about 25 people uh, at the bank and and had uh, some people who worked <laughs> worked for me in Chicago. Um, um, and so I became I became uh, part of management. Mm. So it was just very it was it was it, <laughs> all, all of this. Oh, and, and all the while, I'm uh, almost all, almost all the while, I'm getting up and writing poetry in the morning and spending evenings at the Institute of Buddhist Studies, um, <laughs> weekends at seminars, uh, football games, you know, all with the kids and all that family stuff. But it was... Um, uh, it, it, it was the job that turned into a career. It, it was the job I never planned for that turned into a career yeah. that I never would have imagined. That, that I never would have imagined. Yeah. Um, you know that put the kids through school and uh, allowed us to you know to buy a home and wow. Um, and then when it all got really stale, my number came up after some kind of a merger, and uh, I took early retirement and went to work at the bookstore. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, there have yeah. been two 
very uh, important uh, financial and business and practical advisors to the San Francisco Zen Center who had relationships with uh, the Bank of America. Uh, one was Michael Phillips, who wrote The Seven Laws of Money, started the Briar Patch Network of Small Businesses. He was not, he was vice president of Bank of America, not for long. He had uh, created uh, the concept of the interbank card for Wells Fargo when he was vice president ah. there and became a big shot. So uh, Bank of America hired him. He didn't like it. He didn't last long. He quit. Uh, but the other one was there a long time, like 30 years, is John Wilson. He was the uh, chief economist for the Bank of America. Uh, wow. He was a big shot. Uh, although you wouldn't know it if he was as he, he, he was a Zen Center Summon, his wife, uh, and Tassahara. Uh, wow. So, so um, yeah. So now that we know a third person with a with a long history with the Bank of America. Hey, what's this um, Institute for Buddhist Studies where you go? Oh, um, that that's the uh, Buddhist Churches of America Seminary in Berkeley. Oh, oh, people would Have give talks there been? in the sixties. Now, when Graham Petchy first yeah. came to Zen Center, he went over to Berkeley and heard, I think he heard, oh, God, you might, no, no, this is before your time, uh, Iru Price, I think, speak at the uh, BCA in Berkeley, and it was probably there at that place. Did they have talks like that? Uh, yes. Yes, they did there. Uh, at the time, the institute was simply a building, you know, uh, that used used to be a residence. Um, it was, you know, used to be a home. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and it was it sat right in the backyard of the Berkeley Buddhist Temple, the Shin Temple there mm -hmm. um, uh, in Berkeley. And those in those those years that you're talking about. It was a real hotbed of uh, Buddhist activity. Yeah, Great that was 1961 when he came, Grand Petchy. Okay. Well, uh, you know, and Ananda spent a lot of time over there as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, no, that was, that was, uh, that was really, uh, yeah, that was an exciting place to be. Yeah, uh, in those years. I think Alan Watts talked there, too. Yes. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah. And uh, and and, you know, and now the 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 Institute has a uh, an, an, a brand new building mm -hmm. uh, uh, in Berkeley close by, but but not that old location, which I, I really loved. Uh, I, I loved the older place. Oh, yeah. Um, Sure, of course. You know, uh, uh, folding tables and folding chairs and, you know, a kitchen and, uh, you, you know, it was just, it was just a wonderful place to mm. be. Mm. Uh, you know, not formal classrooms and things like that. It was, uh, 
very had that very grassroots feel. Yeah. So uh, yeah, yeah. I know Ananda liked that. He liked Zen Center in the early days. He he got he got resentful of uh, of Suzuki's uh, allowing it to get large and impersonal. But I think that was inevitable. Uh, but um, I know he liked more intimate things. Uh, yes. Yeah. 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 Oh, I wanted to mention one thing to you. Uh, you know, we mentioned Zazen and Jyoto Shinshu. Um, I remember uh, in uh, near Kobe in... I can't remember the name of the little town near Kobe in Japan. Uh, I had a friend that attended a Jodo Shin uh, uh, temple, but we went to a, a, a meeting. It was it was um, it was Zazen. We went to Zazen there. So uh, and that was in Japan uh, and. I always remember that was my only my only Shen experience in Japan as a practitioner was going with uh, uh, Ihara-san, to, who's a sculptor, still going strong, to uh, uh, Zazen uh, with some other Shen Buddhists. Hmm. Yeah, and and you you you'll find that here as well. Uh-huh. There's a lot of in- yeah. There's a lot of interest, uh, you know, in recent years in uh, zazen, um, and then there's also, although I don't know a lot about it, there's o- obaku, the oh, yeah. obaku tradition. Yeah. Uh, but 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 in the Shin temples, yes, you know, again, in a, a lot of the the taboo, if you will, about. Um, you know, the practicing meditation, a lot of it has largely dropped away. Uh-huh. Um, um, so, so uh, yeah. Well, you know, to me, if you're chanting Namu Amitabha Butsu concentrated, you're, you're being still, you're doing that uh, that's like zazen. I mean, it's just another type of zazen. Uh, yes. I don't have a strict yes. definition of zazen. I mean, Suzuki would occasionally, very rarely, give people mantras to deal with, right? Really? Yeah, and he wow. had uh, one student who who had uh, very deep enlightenment experience uh, doing a mantra, and. Uh, uh, yeah, he went on to become the abbot of the Minnesota Zen Center. Uh, and, uh, yeah, quite interesting. Uh, so, uh, well, listen, um, uh, is there, this is, this has been really interesting to me. I, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Um, I like to hear about people's lives because it gives, you know, I've, I've done a lot of podcasts with a lot of people and it's what, you know, to me, it's what sort of people passed through, uh, what did, you know, how did they get involved? What happened later? 
you know, where they go to school, you know, just a sort of sociological picture as well as, mm-hmm. you know, their, uh, their way seeking mind picture, which is, you know, how they get into practice and that sort of thing. So I, I enjoyed right. hearing, uh, at least a snapshot of your full story. It was really interesting and, and learning stuff from, uh, uh, stuff about, uh, uh, Jodo Shin to, uh, pipe fitting. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you, Evan. <laughs> That'll be the one, one of the things I'll share with my wife. <laughs> that I just actually talked taught somebody something about pipe fitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were other things. I can't remember what they are right now that I went, well, I never thought of that. Or, oh, that's new to me. Yeah. No, uh, well, good. I, yeah, and I've certainly enjoyed it. Yeah, that was good. And uh, I look forward to receiving your next batch of poems. Um, I might have saved all the ones you sent i think so uh you know i might have i might have messed up a time or two but um uh so uh it, it's it might be thousands you've written by now <laughs> and this yeah, yes, uh, yeah it very well could be i i, I and i really don't I, I, you know, I have, I do keep them, <clears throat> the typewritten versions. Um, I, you know, I have a blog site where that my daughter-in-law fixed up for me a number of years ago. Oh, I gotta know um, it. I gotta know it. You wanna, uh, tell me how to get to it? Um, I can send you an email and it's on the, it's, it's at, it'll be, a, there'll be a, what, what do they call it? A, There'll be a line for it, but it's um, <clears throat> Meditations from the Slow Land. Yeah, Meditations from the Slow Land. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. And it's, um, yeah, and I have that at the bottom of my emails. When well, I then I've out. got it. I've got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I've got zillions of your emails. Right here, I'm gonna look at it. And uh, all right, no, oh, I'm. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, I'm. Here we go. Hmm. All right. Uh, actually. So far, I've just gotten emails I sent you. Let me see. Oh, no. Every one of those is ones I sent you. Oh, I know how to change it. Okay. Uh, to, to me. I just, now I just hit to me. Poems. There we go. Poems. Jerry Bollock. B, J-E-R-R-Y, B-O-L-I-C-K dot blogspot dot com. All right. But, um, I'll, I'll put it in the, uh, I'll put it in the, at the first and we'll have it here at the end and I'll put it in the metadata, which means it will be written 
material that accompanies it. Meditations from the slow lane. Cool. Yeah. So uh, you ought to do a book of it. You can self-publish. It'd be easy. Yeah, I, I've, uh, you know, I've thought of that from time to time, David. I guess I'm just too lazy yeah. or something. Well, I know, I know a guy who put know, it together I, for you uh, really cheap and, and, and quite well, if you want. And you, you could also, you could do a book, you could do an e-book. Uh, I don't think about sales or uh, that sort of thing. I just think about, oh, it'd be cool. You have a book. You can, you know, maybe somebody will buy it, but probably not. Uh, you can at least give it to friends. Uh Right, right. You know what right. they say about poetry is there's more people write poetry than read it. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. <laughs> well, I can I can tell you that I write more poetry than I read, though. So <laughs> that's true so with me for everything I do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, it's embarrassing, but that's true with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Jerry. Well, thanks a lot and, um, keep up the good work. That's terrific. Yeah. It's, it's been great fun, David. Thank you very, very much for, uh, a nice evening. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, there's, there's no one I would, uh, love to hear talk uh, better than myself. So uh, um, it's been it's been <laughs> that, that that's, that's, been that's very truthful. That's very that's true for most of us. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> um, yes. I've been accused of that, uh, but uh, ad- admitting it is uh, really a sign of greatness. <laughs> okay i'll remember you said that (laughs) (laughs) right right (laughs) okay take care listen i'm really glad that that uh that we uh finally got to do this and uh and thank you very much for uh thinking of me uh in this way uh yeah uh it's been yeah it's it's been great fun Uh, yeah hey if you if you if if you find out anything about Ogui, uh, I, I'd, uh, I'd love to get a hold of him. Yeah, I love it. You know, I think I might have promised this last time we, we talked about this or shot emails back and forth. Yeah. Um, I, I will see. I don't have a lot of ongoing contacts with BCA anymore, but, but, um, but I should be able to find out uh, where he is. Um, yeah, I have. I, I have not heard. I I have not heard news of his passing. Yeah, and I usually so so that's that that's in our favor. Yeah. Um. So uh, I'll uh, I'll I'll see what I can find out and. Uh, and I'll get back to you. Okay. Thank you very much. And uh, happy New Year. Happy uh, New Year, you indeed. And your wife, yes, and your family. 
Um, and you know, it, when when you find yourself in the Bay Area, do let me know so that we can get together for a cup of coffee or something like that. Yeah, well, if it ever happens, no plans for it, but it could. Um. Okay. <laughs> and, well, I know where you I, I know where you are, and you know. So if uh, if um, my 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 kids actually took my kids. Yeah, my son and his wife uh, spent uh, six or eight weeks in Bali one summer. Wow! And they, you know they brought their they brought their daughters there with them. So my wife and I, you know, I mean, hell, you're going to take my grandchildren away for a couple of months. I'm coming. And and we so we visited for a couple of weeks. Oh um, really? When, and it's a, when was and it, that? <clears throat> a, uh, when was it? Yeah. Oh goodness. Um, let me see. Uh, my granddaughter's now sixteen, and she was she was three. I was probably about ten years ago. Yeah, we came here nine years ago. Okay. Yeah, and so and it's a part of the world that we really enjoyed. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I'm not saying it's in the cards, but um, but it's definitely a place <clears throat> that when we visited, we, you know, it's, it's one of the few places we said, you know, it would be nice to come back here someday. We're waiting for you. Yeah, and so, it, you know, I mean, if that ever is in the wind, I'll be sure to let you know. Oh, yeah, that's a requisite. Yeah. I won't let you in the country unless you let me know. <laughs> okay, yeah. David. Okay, thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So thank you very much, Jerry Bollett. Uh, it's been good talking with you. Oh, you know, the uh, one thing I want to say is uh, I looked up about Highway 1. I think Highway 1 is closed now south of Big Sur. Uh, and to get to, say, San Simeon, the Hearst Castle, you'd have to go from the south. But, you know, I was looking at sort of the history of it when it's open and closed. And it said the road had been closed 55 times because of slides. And they had a very serious one, you know, I don't know, 10 years ago, where like an enormous amount of the road just fell into the ocean. So And so uh, uh, I, I don't know this instant. I think it's probably still closed there. But uh, anyway, we weren't sure when we were talking. So this has been a cute Audio podcast. I'm DC Pubov Kuk Audio and Kuk Archives. Coming to you from Sleepy Sanur with Doggy Bandita, Feline Kuchita, and dear lovely Katrinka. And we're wishing you and yours and all of us a grand awakening.